morning, everyone. On September 11th, 2022, from North Bend, I'm Raji. And from Mexico City, we have Rodolfo. How are you, Rodolfo? Uh, not as good as I could be, but hanging on here. From Albany, we have Andy. Morning, fellas. And our guest today, our guest, uh, another Canadian, uh, from uh, Toronto, we have George. How are you, George? Uh, I think I'm okay after yesterday. Thanks for asking. Good. Well, well, welcome to, uh, I think it's episode four, perhaps, of the uh, North American Golden Domers. And uh, I like to start with uh, with feedback. And I have, now that we have listeners practically in the dozens, um, uh, we're getting some really interesting feedback. So I want to share, firstly... Uh, the overwhelming uh, pit, uh, comment during the week was, yeah, you guys and your Homer picks all taking Marshall. Well, <laughs> are all taking Notre Dame against Marshall. And uh, that didn't turn out the way we thought. Um, we had a reset, a very interesting historical reset. Uh, when I met, I guess I mentioned Mike the Tiger and uh, maybe taking a run at Kelly. Um, someone referenced one of the great Tiger uh, attacks of all time. And I mean, great, so, you know, sarcastically. But Montecor, does everyone remember Montecor? No. Monty Cor was the guy that attacked, uh, I think, Roy, Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so, so we got a Monty Cor reset. Um, one of the, I, I love the feedback about Tony. Uh, one of our listeners said, uh, can, can I hire Tony to read the phone book to me? Because they loved his pipes. They said, that man has a great set of pipes. <laughs> Uh, the, the continuing theme people continue to want to uh, want to go to dinner with Rodolfo. Uh, you're you're certainly cleaning up that vibe. And I think the tequila party uh, that you mentioned last week certainly certainly helped that. Okay. We had a Florida fan uh, come in and uh, wondered to to what extent we were going to talk about Kelly and uh, uh, how much joy we were getting out of that. And perhaps we can uh, run around that later. But it's nice to have a Florida fan listening to us. And, and um, at, at the risk of being controversial, the uh, when Andy last week spoke about the medals, we did have a reset from a Canadian listener that, sure, okay, but apparently the, the tally for medals stripped in Olympics, also the U.S. leads, 10, uh, Canada has one, and Mexico, <laughs> you've never had a medal stripped. I think that's wonderful, Rodolfo. Oh, yeah. We have well, well done. Oh. No has been stripped, so, yeah. You got to lose some to win some, round. You got to lose some to win some. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's that? Oh, scared money. Scared oh. money don't make money. <laughs> you guys, uh, before I jump into the, the the Marshall game and just open the the discussion, and and uh, we'll try not to cry too much. Um, any any other feedback you guys getting? Uh, uh, this isn't necessarily feedback, but just uh, in honor of today being September 11th. Obviously, a very important day for the world, not just uh, the United States, but uh, the world over saw a, a traumatic series of events that day that I don't think any of us will forget, but uh, I don't want that to go, you know, un, unmentioned amidst the the other stuff that we're going to be uh, sorrowfully speaking about today, but that's just something I re- it was really important to me. I wanted to get it out there too. And I'm sure you guys all share the same sentiment. Well, well said, and uh, thank you for, for, for that. Definitely. All right, uh, on to the Marshall game. And I, I, the last time I felt like this after a game, the only thing that mitigated it on the drive home from, from uh, South Bend was the news that Van Gorder was fired. I, I don't suspect we can fire Van Gorder again because that, that made me feel good <laughs> after Duke. Just, just to make but, you feel good. Yeah. 
But uh, we'll open the discussion, lads. Um, uh, interested in hearing uh, what you think and, and how you feel today. George, you want to go first since you are a guest today? Sure. Um, um, in thinking about the game, I, I think what really stood out to me was the, if you want to take any positives from it, um, I think the special teams looked good. Um, Sots punts were really deep. Um, and we saw that in the Ohio State game as well. And I think what I like this time is we actually saw a couple of returns on kickoffs and punts as well uh, to gain a little bit of extra field position. So that was a positive. But unfortunately, I think from there, everything uh, everything kind of breaks down. Um, you know, I think I think the defense was OK. Um, I think what was a little bit disappointing was um, at times we didn't get as much pressure. Uh, on Marshall's quarterback, uh, as we should have. Uh, there was one touchdown where, you know, where he ran out, where he rolled out rather. And I think he had a good six or seven seconds to, to, and he checked off to, I think the third receiver, the announcer said, uh, before he threw the touchdown pass. Uh, so I think that was, you know, a foreboding sign. And then, of course, the offense. Um, what do you say? I mean, we, we can't run the ball. Um, we're passing the ball at times. Okay. Okay, but what's really concerned me is, number one, you know, it took the coaching staff about half the game to figure out that we couldn't run the ball up the middle. Um, and I go back to that one uh, series where we had uh, third and two, um, didn't get it, we didn't get anything. Fourth and two, again, we didn't get anything. We turned the ball over. And it took them about half the game to figure out that we got to start running to the outside, to the perimeter. Um, and the other thing I think that really stood out, and, and this kind of lingers from the Ohio State game, even though, you know, I left that game feeling a lot better, even though we lost, but just the accuracy of Buckner. Um, you know, there were a couple of, of, of deep throws, and there was one um, where I think it, it may have been Lindsay, but I'm not 100% sure. But he was, he was about 15 yards in the clear, um, you know, and the ball was overthrown. Um, and so that's, that's been really, really frustrating. So, you know, all in all, just a, a really frustrating day, especially, you know, coming from a team that, that, you know, wanted to have Freeman as a coach. Um, he really understands Notre Dame and the traditions and, and everything. His first home game, um, you know, to come out flat like that after, you know, everyone was saying they were practicing angry uh, all week. It was, um, it was disappointing, put it that way. Rodolfo? Well, exactly the word I was thinking, disappointing. I mean, uh, what I saw is uh, an offensive line that's not playing uh, as teams that hasn't gelled together. I mean, uh, the running game was really a mess. I think uh, Tommy Reese should have brought uh, rollouts for, for, for Buckner, right? I mean, he was just a sitting target there. <clears throat> the pressure was coming through the middle of, of, of the line, so rollouts would have been nice. Then he started figuring out that he could run or either pass on the outside, but too late for that. Uh, the defense played good at the start of game, then uh, just fell apart completely. The, the, the Marshall's running game was ridiculous. I mean, they, they played lights out. So, I mean, kudos to them, but but I think uh, the Irish looked just flat, just as George said. Uh, they 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 weren't really in the game to start off. I, I think uh, they, they just imagined they just by walking into the building, they would blow out this team and, and that didn't happen, right? Yeah, I agree. You look at Tyler's stats. I mean, he's 56%. You, how do you, I mean, he did get over 200 yards, barely. I think he had 201 yards, but two interceptions, you know, he's, the longest pass was 30 yards. How can, how can we win a game 
when your longest pass is 30 yards and you don't have your top rusher is him with 52 yards. It's just, you're not going to win a game no matter who you're playing. And Logan Diggs, who we've often talked about as being a promising running back had seven yards on seven carries. That's, that's not going to do it. And like it, like I said, no matter who you're playing against, Michael Mayer had a, a good day, but you know, he's, he was running for his life most of the time. Um, the two picks were really disappointing. I know one was Pines, one was uh, Buckner's, but still, if you're if you're in that position, you can't be throwing the ball away, especially when we can't move it. We can't be giving it away. And I just went back and looked at kind of like the box scores. Uh, the first half of both games, we've outscored the opponents by one point, but the second half, we've been, you know, not able to hold up in the second half. So. I'm sure that's recognized and something that's got to be rectified moving forward. But not like Raj said with Tyler, whatever his injury is. So, you know, we, we may not see him again, but we, it, we talked about it. I think in our first uh, go around that what, what is his longevity? Cause he's going to be out there running for his life. He's going to run every chance when he doesn't feel comfortable. And, you know, he took a hard hit, landed on that shoulder. So I think that that could be a problem for him as we predicted, but, uh, you know, to echo George and Rodolfo disappointing. I, I was just very disappointed in what I saw. And, uh, I don't know. There's already hashtags trending fire Tommy Reese. I mean, I think it's a little too early for that, but there, there's a lot of work that's gotta, gotta be done. Well, just to, to touch on a couple of the things that I heard one, one Buckner missed Lindsay. He's missed Lindsay a couple of weeks in a row now on deep balls which sure pressure was in his face, but if those balls are on, on time and where they need to be, those are game changers and um, miss those. The other thing which I wonder about, and, and I think the fear here is that any of us become overreacting to what we've just seen. We've had two weeks now. And as, as Andrew said, uh, sure. <laughs> hashtags are all over the place as to stuff, but but I wonder when you, we talk about Marshall, like Rodolfo mentioned, Rodolfo's uh, Marshall's great running game. They had a back and they fed him the ball 30 times. We continue and maybe it's the game plan. We continue to have this three, four headed monster running the ball. And I, I recall hearing in, in one of Freeman's pregame conferences around we have different packages for all three running backs. I, I wonder if, if we benefit from running one guy, having a guy back up and just finding out who the beast is and let us run. It's tough to create a running identity when you have three different guys in three different packages. So again, don't want to be overreacting to it, but, but I wonder if in the play calling with Rees early in the season, he's a either trying to find his identity as a play caller now that he's sort of untethered from Kelly, or he's trying to make too many people happy and the running backs and the players. He's a player's coach. We've seen that in person. We've seen the dynamic he has with the guys. And and maybe that's just part of that learning curve. But uh, we and talked about the court. Yeah. Not to interrupt, sorry. To touch on that, you had, I mean, they had six players, I think. One, two, three. Six players run the ball, including Drew Pine and Buckner, for a net total of 130 yards. How can you have six players, four of which are, you know, actual running backs and only have 130 yards mental rushing. I think you got, you have to play to your strengths and play to what they give you. And it was the same thing in the Ohio state game. You know, I, I think that both games, they came out with estimate in the backfield, like they, they wanted to try and establish him up the middle. Uh, and 
think they stuck on. And like I said in the introduction, uh, in the first go round, you know, it, it took them about a half the game to figure out that the middle running up the middle wasn't working. And now we had to start, you know, attacking the perimeter. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to have to either, you know, watch the film and, and go in with a little bit of a different game plan or be a little bit more reactive in terms of, you know, after the first few series, like what's what's working and what's not, and then adjust quicker. Yeah, no, good, good point. It's just the play calling early in the season just seems all over the place. And, and I know, and, and let's be honest, I mean, no one of us would have challenged this too hard coming into the year. I mean, it's we're ranked fifth coming in, but none of us, if we were really intellectually honest uh, coming into the year, would have said, A, we have a stud of a quarterback, and we would have all been concerned about the depth at wide receiver. I mean, you look at who they're putting out there, the guys they have, Styles is doing a nice job, Meyer's doing a great job, but I, I just don't know the answer as it relates to play calling, and maybe he's just playing to what he thinks the strengths are, but uh, so far it's just been all over the place. In terms of quarterback, um, I left Ohio State thinking, okay, I was impressed that the guy didn't seem, the, the moment wasn't too big for Buckner, but it seems accuracy might be an issue after a two-game sample size. What are your thoughts on that? Is Buckner the guy? Well, I think he's going to be out for a couple of weeks at least. Uh, so we'll see. Drew has it. I mean, he, he did a good job last year coming in. Uh, Buckner did a good year last year. Uh, I think the game at Ohio State was was perfect for him. It was uh I don't think the play calling was that much of an issue in that game. Of course, maybe it was very conservative in the Ohio State game, but yesterday that changed completely. No, they had no plan. Uh, they stuck with things that didn't work. Uh, so I don't, I don't blame everything on Buckner. I mean, his two picks were horrible. I mean, and, and the pine pick, he was just coming into the game. There are things to, to improve, of course. Uh, but, uh, I think he could be the guy if, if given a little more uh, help with from the running game. I think the O line needs to, the problem. The biggest problem I see is it's the play of the O line, right? So uh, for me, it's not so much uh, if he is the guy or not. He's been pressured all, all, all trying to get passes off. He's been pressured up the middle in both games. So uh, I think uh, the offense is really not in rhythm. So that, that's what I see. Yeah, I think Rodolfo hit the nail on the head. I mean, we certainly just can't, you know, put all the blame on Buckner. I mean, I think it, it goes around to, to all the position groups and in terms of the inconsistencies that we've seen. You know, Freeman himself has come out and said, look, it's the offensive and defensive lines that are going to define this football team. Um, obviously, without without controlling, especially on the on the offensive line, without controlling the running game struggle. And as a result of that, the passing game struggled as well. Um, and, and, and so it's just a domino effect. Um, the other thing I think too, what I noticed is a lot of times yesterday, they were trying to use Lindsay for jump balls. He's too small. He's too short. He's fast. So now you've got to use his speed to your advantage, but using his speed to, 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 to our advantage is not going to get in jump balls. We need, we need taller guys to do that. Um, but you know, I, I think just given how flat the team was yesterday, uh, I think something has to be done to kind of shock, to shock the group and, and to kind of, you know, really wake them up. Um, and, you know, obviously now if, if Buckner is hurt, um, you know, I think bringing Pine in might be, might be, you know, one of the, just have that impact of kind of, you know, giving the team a good sort of slap in the face, to, a bit of a wake up call here um, and, and refocus. Now uh, he's not as good as a runner, 
as, as Buckner is. So obviously, I think Coach Reese is going to have to adapt the, uh, you know, the the play calling and, and the plan um, to his skill set. Um, and, and, you know, obviously that, that's to be seen, but, uh, you know, hopefully they can, uh, they can refocus and put something good together. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I'm ready to cast Tyler out of that spot. I mean, uh, his injury may do that, whatever that turns out to be, but I think a play, uh, play calling around Drew Pine coming into the Cal game might, might be energizing in a way that, you you know what you're going to get, right? It's not Tyler. The play's not breaking down. He's just going to make something. It, it, it's either going to be a dedicated, you know, passing offense. We're really going to concentrate on the run and and make it and stick with it and try other things, you know, than just up the middle uh, as many times as we can and get uh, net zero gains out of anything. So as much as I don't want to, you know, cast Tyler to the side. I think Drew Pine coming in for a game or two or whatever the, you know, the duration may be, might be, uh, might be something we need. I know it's early in the season to need that, but it, it might reset some things, have everybody step back and take a look at what we're doing and where we need to go. Interestingly, every year we see Alabama struggle at a game and then they come back and play angry and you, you fear their next three opponents. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, as you mentioned, that reset and that refocus and that anger, um, uh, is, is the relaunch now. The, the next few weeks are, are like that. I'm going to switch gears to a fun topic before I go into maybe a controversial one. Um, what did you think? I mean, no, no Notre Dame fans love to critique the play by play people. To, to, to no end. I mean, we've heard how everyone's against us. Uh, but my thoughts on Collingsworth and, and Garrett, I thought it was what was expected. They were eager. They were peppy. Um, I thought, uh, I thought Garrett talked over Collingsworth a bit. But the more interesting thing is every time Garrett looked in the camera, he had that look like he was trying to get us to join his cult. He, he had me worried. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? I thought uh, Jason Garrett was trying to lull me to sleep at times. He's just, you know, very monotone, very, and he said the word naked about 50 times. I don't know if anybody else, I kept queuing on it for some reason. I'm like, why does he keep saying naked? I mean, bootleg, I get it, but do you have to keep saying naked? I get it. I, I was, at one point I was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable for me. But... <laughs> I, I liked Jack Collingsworth. I thought he did yep. a nice job. I, I don't know if I'm sold on Jason Garrett yet. Um, it was a little difficult for me to, he just doesn't seem to have any energy or emotion. I mean, it's probably his personality. It's not necessarily due to Notre Dame, but it just felt like he was just kind of, you know, mundane, like another day. It just, and coupled with the fact that he kept saying naked made me uncomfortable. I, I think, um, you know, I think it's going to take him, a, you know, a few games to kind of grow into the team. I mean, this was the first home game, but, but, you know, to grow into the team, to grow into the campus, the fans, the tradition, etc. I mean, he had a couple of good historical anecdotes about a few things, which I found, uh, which I found interesting. But yeah, I think at times, I mean, there was one, there was one play where I can't remember what he was he kind of stopped half sentence and he repeated the word a couple of times and then kind of, there was like about five seconds of silence and then he kind of, you know, said something else. Um, so, you know, I think it, it, it's going to take maybe a little bit of time for him to kind of get into the groove there. Um, but I thought Collinsworth was good. I mean, again, you know, he's, he's, he went to school there. He, he knows the history, the environment and, and everything. Um, so I think that, 
you know, in a way that that's something that's very important and unique about Notre Dame. And if you can kind of incorporate that into the script as the game unfolds, I think it makes it a lot more interesting for the viewer. And, you know, I think he's got that background where he's plugged into that. And that's where I think that's what Garrett's missing. And I think potentially that can come with time. So I think, you know, again, a one game sample size, we can't get too wound up about. But, um, you know, I think by mid-season, hopefully we'll we'll start to see a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of improvement, a little bit of continuity in terms of his delivery and the analysis as well. Rodolfo, what would what, do you think? Uh, well, it's just simple enough. I like Jack. I don't think I like Garrett. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they had a time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's it. I mean, they had a, a the test uh, during the, during the summer for the, they, they did the USFL games and they didn't seem to uh, have that cohesion. I mean, uh, it's hard to, I mean, Jack is very good, but I think he's going to need another partner soon. I don't think Garrett's got some cut out for this and. Uh, I can see why Jerry Jones kept him so many years, but uh, definitely he, <laughs> that smile trying to bring us into his cult, that's just perfect, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right. I mean, his smile was a little too fake, I think. Just like, okay, yeah. he, he's not and, used and to I being, think, uh, he's not, I think it's, I think it's a naked cult. If, if I, <laughs> <laughs> can we, right, can right. we get the, uh, can we get an over under this week and how many times he says naked for the next game? <laughs> Oh, boy. Right. We'll set. We'll set it at five. Is that fair? Yeah. It might. It might be a bit lower if Pines and if Pines. <laughs> true. That's right. Yeah. It's very true. He also, he's dang it. He also referenced <laughs> touchdown Jesus a few times, which exactly. I thought you know was. Exactly. But hey, uh, the but other thing is, Sorich in, in a kilt. That was classic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had trouble sleeping last night. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> Absolutely. And you love his energy. You love what he brings and how much he cares. And um, I heard um, on a breakdown last night, someone talking about how after when he wasn't even playing at this point, one of the games when he was playing for Lou, they lost the game they were supposed to win. And the guys are in the, in the, in the, in the dressing room, you know, very nonchalant. And he's sobbing his eyes out as a freshman. Uh, and he didn't even play that they lost. And so I love that heart. I love that energy. I'm going to ask you on this next question a quick hit on it and, and rank it one to ten, one being the, the least concern, ten being the most. In terms of Freeman and Rees, that combination, uh, in terms of how they were hired and the, the quickness of the decision, what's your worry about we bought the sizzle and not the steak, one being no concern, ten being I'm really concerned. I'm going to place that at three for me, but what, what do you guys think? Three for me as well. I, I, I don't think we have any cause to be concerned at this point. While it was a, a very disappointing loss to a team that we shouldn't have lost to, I, I don't think there's enough there yet to draw any concern. I'm going to go out on a limb and put it at a six. Um, and the reason why is, is not, not so much, I think, Coach Freeman's angle. Um, I, I really felt bad for him yesterday because, like I said, He's an enthusiastic guy. And the most important thing is he gets Notre Dame. He understands Notre Dame. He understands the tradition, the responsibility, um, you know, and whereas I think at times Coach Kelly used Notre Dame and, you know, admissions and things like that as an excuse, you know, Coach Freeman's using it as a selling point, which is great. I mean, that's what you have to do, right? You got to, you got to work with what you're given. 
Um, so, you know, from that perspective, and he's a rookie head coach, so there is going to be a learning curve. I mean, what was Lou Holtz, I think, was five and six in his first season. Mind you, I think maybe he inherited a, a, a little bit of a, a, a lesser skilled team, perhaps, you could argue. But, um, you know, there's definitely going to be a learning curve there. Um, but the one thing I think that really sort of concerns me the most is we're starting to see a trend here. Number one, um, we, we struggle in the second half. This goes back to the bowl game. And number two, you know, it just seems like the play calling is, is, is not suited to what's going on on the field. You know, trying to run the ball up the middle when, when they're, the O, the O line doesn't, you know, isn't, isn't controlling the line. Um, things of that nature. Um, so that's starting to worry me a little bit more because I think at this point, you know, I think, I think coach Reese, you know, should be able to see that and, you know, try and, and react and adjust, you know? And so that's, I think that's going to be one of the things that I'm really looking for, for, um, you know, through the rest of this season, um, you know, like being able to, to pinpoint what's working and what's not working very quickly and adjusting, adjusting on the fly. Um, and, and going from there. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm sitting right now. Uh, well, I'm with Andy this, I'm a three. I'm really not concerned. Uh, as I, as I mentioned in one of the other chapters from, from our podcast, they were going to be uh, learning pains. I just didn't expect it to be Marshall. I thought they were going to lose one of those games, uh, that were going to put them out of contention, but. I didn't expect it to be the first game, right? So, uh, I, th- I think that they'll get it together. Uh, we know the staff. I think those are brilliant guys, uh, the, the coaches and they'll, they'll get it together. I mean, it wasn't very good, but, but that's, I, I agree with George. They have to adjust faster. And I can see those trends that George mentioned <coughs> being broken at some point. I mean, I'm not really concerned about that. This, this guy, Freeman is the real thing. I think he, He'll be there for a long time, uh, but he's got to adjust. He hasn't been a head coach at any level anywhere. So I think uh, a game that, that, like yesterday, should be uh, used as a, as a learning point, right? Good stuff. Before before I head into our national treasures, and um, I, I'll give an advance warning to our listeners that we're expecting big things from the panel today. Uh, but, but I will tell you that last night as the game wore on, the, the dogs had their jerseys on and they did demand quickly after the game that they be removed. So, um, I, I fell asleep with that being one of my last memories. And I had this wonderful dream last night that, uh, we had lived in South Bend and my dogs had, uh, had walked into Freeman's office and one by one placed their jerseys on his desk and said, <laughs> And said, we want Andy to play. We want Andy. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened because I woke up, uh, you know, at that point, but uh, the dogs are with you. Um, national treasures. So we'll start with, uh, with George, a Canadian. Uh, I think we're going to hit Canadians back to back. Like we'll come out <laughs> hard one, two, George, then we'll do me and then Rodolfo and, and Andy. Uh, for last, so uh, so George, what 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 national treasure do you want to enlighten our audience about about Canada? Um, well, I think something that's kind of a little bit topical right now. Um, I mean, down south, our, our, our friends in the U.S. This is a, a a really important day for them, obviously, being at nine eleven. Um, and I, um, it, it 
it resonates with me quite well as well because I, I do know a couple of people who passed away in that. Um, and, and so it's kind of a sad day. Um, but for us Canadians as well, uh, the Queen. How about the Queen? Right? Our, 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 you know, head of state, the head of the Commonwealth has, has passed away after. I mean, it's all I've ever known is, is, is the Queen, right? So I know Andrew's going to like this stuff. But, well, well, George, George um, it's, it's funny because we, we, I texted Andrew last night that Notre Dame was 0-1 under, under uh, King Charles. And Andrew, <laughs> you want to provide your response? <laughs> I don't really so, remember yeah, I mean, what my response was. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know, just, just being topical in the moment, you know, that would be, I guess, one of our national treasures. I mean, our friends down south may not sort of understand the whole, you know, the monarchy and how it works and everything. And of course, not everybody agrees with it, but it's what we ha- what we have, and and it's what we've had for for such a long time. But but just the fact that it's just been that one person, you know, through world wars, through I mean, you name it, um, you know, she's kind of seen it all. Um, and you kind of think back and look at that, pers- you know, historical perspective, you know, and uh, you know, she's been on the throne for a lot of our national championships as well. So. Um, yeah, so I think that that kind of, you know, just like being being sort of in the moment type of thing, um, that would be kind of my, you know, one of the national treasures that I'm sort of, you know, on top of mind this week anyway. Roger, I do remember my response now. It was, I don't recognize the crown. There you go. <laughs> to, to, to which to which was a very interesting sort of debate, and I should lift the curtain for you on, a, on it, Andy, that, that I then, I was a smart ass and then wrote back, what do you mean? You don't understand what it is visually or, 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 <laughs> or, which or, I should or, have you expected. Don't, or you don't philosophically believe in it. And then you did the thing which sent shivers through, through, through me. You used my name and said, Roger, <laughs> and I don't believe it. So it was like the officer pulling up to the side of the car. And, and I, but you, you were very effective in your use of uh, I was, my, yes, my first I said, name. Exact quote was, Roger, I do not regard it as having any authority, was my exact <laughs> He had enough of my tomfoolery, and he wanted to set me straight, so, so, so I liked it. Um, Jesus, uh, excuse me, my language, but speaking of tomfoolery, I'm, I'm going right into another one. I think the, uh, the, the one thing about Canada I'd like to point out, and I think there's a tie to, to us here, is that from what I can recall, Canada has not provided the world any boy band. I, when you think of America, you can think of dozens of boy bands, the UK. I'm sure there's tons of Mexican boy bands. We haven't encumbered the world with any boy bands that you can mention. And I think that's a thing to be proud of. And, and, <laughs> is, and Justin so because, is Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber is, a boy band? It's a one boy no, band. No, no, he's on his own. <laughs> and, and so because of that, I, I like to think that we, we are the first Canadian boy band. I mean, Rodolfo is the, <laughs> The cuddly one that everyone wants to bring home to mom and take out to dinner. Andy has that, uh, that, uh, he's that good guy with the bad boy edge. Uh, I was hoping you were going to say I was the bad boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sort of the confused emotional one that people worry about how long he's going to be in the band, but <laughs> and we always have a guest singer with us. And George, you're, 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 you're a fourth member of our boy band today. So that's, that's my nonsense. Rodolfo, what, what, where are you taking us now? Okay. Uh, well, this was actually not picked by me. It was picked an, uh, unanimous, unanimously. So it's uh, the actress Salma Hayek, <laughs> Mexican girl. Yeah, agreed. I, mean, I, th- agreed. I, th- I think I think you've seen her in movies. 
Well, she got her, she got her started in local TV here, or national TV here in Mexico, with very very cheesy uh, novelas, which is like soap operas, uh, and the, and then she made the jump to Hollywood, which was in itself incredible, right? I mean, not many Mexican actresses have done what she's done, no? so she is a national treasure for for us. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details; you can actually <laughs> look that for yourselves and. Uh, just, no, just, I give it some more Rodolfo. Yeah. <laughs> no, we need more visuals for that, right? So, uh, she, she got her break with, in, in a movie in 1995 called Desperado. And, uh, well, she's still going strong there. I mean, she's got some real good jobs out there. And, uh, well, I can say that I, we're proud down here that to have her as a Hollywood actress from Mexico, right? Every, every time. Yeah, every time you come to the plate, Rodolfo, it's either a home run or a stand-up triple. <laughs> well done. All right, Andy, uh, we we have we've gotten the other North American nonsense out of the way. It's now time for the USA. So, well, the, it was a real struggle for me this week. Um, I'd like to take the the listener feedback and 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 improve upon it. I don't want to just take the feedback and discard it because it's very important. People are taking the time to to listen to this, so I want to I want to honor people's wishes and and possibly uh, make improvements where I can. Always improving, Excelsior, as New York State says, uh, ever upward. Um, I struggled. I had two this week. One was going to be my normal shtick of being funny and somewhat rude to Canada, but um, which I'll just go ahead and say it because I can't not say it. Uh, the national treasure for us was going to be the letter U that we treasure it so much that we don't just unnecessarily put it in other words where it doesn't belong. But I thought maybe that was too much. George isn't even laughing. So he's, he's clearly angry with me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, it did pick a, a national treasure, which has turned into be more of an international treasure by the people it's impacted. And that's the make a wish foundation, which started here in the United States. Um, and I'm sure most everybody's familiar with it. It also has a tie to Notre Dame, which I will you know, briefly touch on that, you know, it grants wishes for uh, sick children from ages of two to 18. Um, and to date it's granted over 315,000 wishes worldwide it's in 50 countries started in Phoenix, Arizona in 1980 with a young child with leukemia and dreamed of being a firefighter. And, you know, they were able to uh, start there and make that come true. But the tie to Notre Dame, was in 2013 when a young uh, boy with chronic kidney failure, his dream was to be a part of the Notre Dame football program. And at that time, there was an assistant coach there named Bob Elliott, who we had the chance to meet in our first camp, who also had gone through uh, kidney failure and had a kidney transplant. So he and this uh, young boy, I won't say his name for his, you know, his own privacy, but they became quite close. Uh, it was a real wonderful job done by the Brian Kelly at the time and the Notre Dame staff giving this child three days with the Notre Dame program that, you know, truly had an impact on him. And I think the, the make a wish foundation has done just absolute wonderful things across the United States, across all of our countries and across countries all over the world. So for it to have started here, the Genesis being in the United States, I that's, that's one that I feel is a, a national treasure, not in the traditional sense of a physical structure or, wonderful foods or ethnic cultures, but uh, I think it's a wonderful foundation that does great things and has a tie to Notre Dame, which brings it full circle into this podcast for us. Well said. 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Abe. Yeah, well done. That's cool. And I'm sorry about the letter U. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> and, and just to sort of, you know, say, I see Andy trying to move the needle in terms of how he's being perceived by the audience. <laughs> um, I think that the closing comment last night, and Andy, if I'm paraphrasing you too indirectly, you can, you can go to the records. But when I, when we, it conti- ended our text for last night and I say, well, I just feel lousy. This is horrible. Uh, you know, it's just horrible. And uh, how do you feel? And he goes, now I know what Canada must feel like <laughs> after, after a big loss like that. <laughs> so uh, I meant resilient, Roger. I meant resilient. Canadian we're picking ourselves people. up. We're, yes. Yeah. We're happy people. We're, you know, we're not. <laughs> we are. Um <laughs> Fair enough. We'll move on to the Olympic question, which was uh, picked by Rodolfo because he was our, our pick winner. And and I will let you know that Andy is the pick winner this week. So, Andy, you can think uh, during the week about your Olympic question for next week. But we'll start with our guests. We go one at a time, bronze, silver, gold, George. And the, the topic today is favorite Notre Dame running backs. Favorite? I, I got to go with uh, Jerome Bettis. Got to go. I mean, just growing up watching the team, that he was always the the, the running back that that sort of resonated uh, with me. And then you know, a close second would probably be Mark Edwards, but definitely the bus. So George, the the see now now Canada's Andy's just going to jump yeah. all over us. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 go we go one at a time, George. We go bronze, <laughs> silver, gold. You get one, then we sw- we go around. So now you have so so we we didn't hear what you said. So Bettis is your third. No, Bettis would be my top one. Okay, so 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 oh, it's symmetric, Roger. It's the metric system. He's getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be a while before we have another Canadian guest on. <laughs> so, am, so I, am I supposed to start with bronze? Yeah, yes, yeah, bro- exactly. bronze. Yeah, and then no, we, we wrote the build up. Audrey Denson. Okay, Rodolfo. I'm gonna have to pick Alan Pinkett. I will go with Mark Edwards. See, this is why we we all think along the same lines. I had Autry Denson and Mark Edwards as my tie for bronze, even though Autry is the all time leading rusher at Notre Dame. He's he's just not not in my personal favorite. But see, this is why we're so connected here, gentlemen. We we're on the same page. Interesting too. An interesting fact about Edwards: he was after Rudy. He was the the next guy carried off the field by the players. I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. has been since then. I think it was a a defeat, upset defeat of USC, and he was carried off the field. Um, so, number two, George, we'll pretend we didn't hear anything you said before. Okay, okay. Sorry to give you the spoiler up front. Mark Mark Edwards would be number two, and I was at that USC. Oh, were you? When he carried off. Yes. Oh, that's cool. So there you go. And and we had actually he was at our our camp in 2019, and I think he he's he's been at a couple of them, but 2019 was my first camp. Um, so it was really cool to, to, you know, actually get to meet him and, and kind of hang out with him and, you know, talk about some of those games and stuff. Yeah, delightful guy. Rodolfo, what's your silver medal game, or silver medal running back? It's Anthony Johnson, from the, the, the fullback from, from the Lou Holtz era. <laughs> and I will pick Reggie Brooks. Uh, we've got to know Reggie very well over the past, past few years, a great uh, Notre Dame running back. And one of the more surreal moments uh, of my camp experience was uh, debating the merits of Snoopy with Reggie Brooks. So delightful. Is that, why you, is that why you're wearing that shirt today? Your Snoopy shirt? 
Yeah, it, it would. There's there's a fifty fifty chance there's a Snoopy shirt on in any day. So <laughs> he, Snoopy Snoopy looks kind of pissed. He's yelling. Yeah. yeah, that was you. That was you yesterday afternoon watching the game, right? Oh goodness, yeah. But luckily, I was watching alone, just me and the dogs cursing. <laughs> so Andy, who's who's your uh, who's your silver? I also took Reggie Brooks, um, mostly based on his anti Snoopy sentiment, but. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you, I have the only nothing Snoopy to do with his uh, career as a running. Yeah, I have the only Snoopy phone case in the world signed by Reggie Brooks. <laughs> I can attest to that. I saw that. Yeah. Yes, I did yeah. too. <laughs> All right, um, George. I, I I forgot. Who's your number one? You forgot. Uh, the bus. The bus. Yeah, Adolfo. I'm gonna to have to go with Reggie. I think I, I I loved meeting him last this year, but but I mean I saw mo- most of his games back back in the day. So yeah, I can think he's he's one I can relate to. He's just, uh, not not that big of a guy, so I think he's definitely number one. Big heart. My number one might be a little bit outside of left field, but uh, I love Julius Jones. He was so powerful, just so so dominating. And, uh, uh, you know, great running back. I think he had a, a career in the NFL as well, but uh, great, great Notre Dame. It was one game against Pitt. I think he ran for almost 300 yards. And lastly, Andy. I went with Jerome Bettis, the bus. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we now move to, oh, goodness, the the prognostication part of the broadcast. And and I will say that, goodness, uh, we're we're not doing well. As a group, I mean, I, we're, we're all under 50%. Our guest pickers are worse than us, which is great. And George, we hope that changes today. We hope you, you end up taking the lead for the year, but we'll start firstly with the Notre Dame game and we'll go George, Andy, Rodolfo and myself. Um, Andy, you are, um, nine and 14 for the year. Rodolfo is 10 and 13 and I am eight and 15. So uh, not impressive stuff. Ooh. But uh, so the score of the game, U.S. Uh, sorry, Notre Dame and Cal. What, what do you think, George? The score in the game? Yeah. Who wins? And I'm going to go um, twenty-eight fourteen for the Irish. Sorry, repeat that, George. I missed twenty-eight fourteen. Yeah, twenty-eight fourteen for the Irish. Andy. Twenty-one seven Irish. Dolpho. Twenty-four twenty-one Irish. And Rodolfo, I'm picking the exact same score as you, 24-21 Irish. So let's hope we're we're right this Rodolfo. week. It'll be nice to Yeah. Where's the cow helmet? Where'd the cow helmet go? It's it, gone. It was it was removed for this week only. It's gonna <laughs> come back next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to the game next weekend. So I think George is right so. here if you want to see it. Yeah. Well this is not the helmet they're gonna wear, but, <laughs> but ho- hopefully we'll see Freeman's Freeman's first win. So yeah. Leading rusher, George. Leading rusher, um, I'm going to say Estime. Andy? Estime. Rodolfo? I'm going to say Chris Tyree. And I'm going to find ways to get him the ball outside. So. I'm picking the same, Mr. Tyree. Leading receiver, George, who is uh, our leading receiver? Uh, Braden Lindsay. Andy? Michael Mayer. Rodolfo? Chris Tyree. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm taking Meyer, Mayer as well. Leading tackler. Who's the leading tackler for Notre Dame's defense next week? 
George? I love how George's screen froze there. <laughs> Anybody catch that? Yeah, my screen froze too. I'm going to say Bo Bauer. Okay. Andy? I'm going to go Howard Cross. Rodolfo? Brandon Joseph. And I have picked JT Bertrand. All right, we, originally the question was going to be Buckner passing yards, but we don't know who's playing. So the quarterback, the starting quarterback, uh, who passing yards, the over-under, I'm setting at 265. Over or under? George. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go under. Andy? Yeah, I have to go under. Rodolfo? Yeah, me too. I figure Tommy's going to get those guys flying around the field, get the, the wide receivers engaged, and I think it's going to be over. And um, I also like to have a fun one, a surreal one in here, but uh, Salerno catches. Matt Salerno catches against Cal. Is it 2.5? Is it over or under? I'm going to go under. Un- under. Yeah, under two. And I'm picking the same. Um, but he got a lot of highlight on that uh, on that uh, catch against Ohio State. That was everywhere during the week. That was, that was, yeah, that was nice. Nice. That was crazy. All right, we're picking the winners now. Six games throughout the country next week. And um, Nebraska-Oklahoma, we'll start with George. Uh, Oklahoma. Did oh, you guys goodness, see the yeah. end of the Nebraska game? Is, is Scott Frost fired at 12.01 on the first or 12.02? <laughs> His buyout drops in half uh, on October first, so I think oh, the prediction. That's is right. That, yeah, he, he's 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 going to make it through another game or two. If for some reason he can win this game, I, I just don't think it changes the narrative. But Andy, who do you pick? Oklahoma. Rodolfo. Sooner, soon. Yeah, I think so too. No, no question. Uh, Penn and Auburn. Auburn escaped against San Jose State with a close game, and there's another coach on the hot seat, Harrison. Uh, I don't know if he's going to. Be back next year, regardless of what he does. But uh, George Penn and Auburn, Penn, Penn as in Penn State. Um, yeah, jeez, oh, I'm gonna go Penn State. Andy, I agree, Penn State. Rodolfo, I think Penn State will work too. I took Auburn. I just think that uh, they're gonna. I'm just so unimpressed with Penn State generally. All right, Michigan State and Washington, George. Michigan State. I'm I'm going to go Michigan State to stick with my earlier prediction of them being uh, one of the you know, breakout teams of the season. So Michigan State is party too. All right, so we're all Michigan State. Miami and A and M could be interesting to see how A and M responds after losing to App State. And by the way, I only learned last week that App State isn't um, isn't where Applebee's got their ideas for for their <laughs> their pre dinner meals, but. I, I assume that was where all the apps came from. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you had to hear that. Uh, Andy. I, I forgot who. Oh, uh, A&M and who? I already forgot. Who Miami. Miami. <laughs> I'll go Miami. Rodolfo? I got to go A&M. Yeah, I'm going A&M as well. Um, Vanderbilt and North. Oh, there's George. Okay, George, you're back. Um, Miami and A&M. You, the, you we we went you went with the U, so you went <laughs> Miami, okay. okay. Miami. <laughs> it pains me, but I'm going Miami. Interesting game to see if uh, you know Clark Lee at uh, at Vanderbilt can keep it going. They're two and one, but uh, Vanderbilt and Northern Illinois, George, Vandy. Okay, Andy. Vandy, Vandy. Put a V in front of Andy and Vandy. There you go, <laughs> Rodolfo. I'm going to go Northern Illinois. I mean, the small teams haven't making it this year, so I'm going to take – it's the Huskies, right? 
for the Huskies, yeah. Yep. That's I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to pick Vanderbilt. And the last one on our list here is Syracuse and Purdue. George? Oh, man. What? Syracuse surprised me this year, but um, Purdue. Purdue. Rodolfo? Purdue, too. And uh, I, I've taken Syracuse. I think they're going to continue their, their strong start. So um, thanks, guys. This was fun. In conclusion, uh, we'll open the floor up, but I have a couple of comments. One, I've already started hearing the Urban Meyer rumors, and I wonder uh, to, to what degree those will pick up again. I saw those posted, and they may be posted of silliness. And the, the only other comment I want to make, Andy, well done. I think you, you've made great traction in, in moving the needle. Uh, I think you were the, 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 you know, the, the nice guy with the bad boy edge, I think is, is moving more to nice. <laughs> Often what and I'm I, known for. Often what I'm known for. And, and I really think, I really think it's going to be a rough ride over the next few weeks for Rodolfo. Um, I mean, with Cal coming into Notre Dame stadium and if Cal wins and we get pictures next weekend of, of, uh, of, of, you know, Mexican independence day and Rodolfo uh, celebrating not only that and a Cal win, it, it, it the things could your fortunes could change i don't know how much good food and tequila you can mention to change that needle but <laughs> okay i'll try to do my best there's plenty of food down here so i can go on yeah. george uh thanks for joining us uh any any parting shots guys before we call it a day nope just gotta uh try to move past what happened yesterday and and put it behind everybody and look forward to cal and and uh, the rest of the season, whatever that may hold for us. But, yeah, just just trying to move past it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in this week at practice and right there in South Bend. So. Yeah, they, they better They better correct that. But chin up. You know what? I mean, hopefully they can just learn from it and, 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 and you know, capitalize on some key takeaways. And if, if that's the case, then, maybe you know, maybe it makes us even that much better down the road. So that's that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's it's funny the perspective the last couple of years provided us, and and even how we feel this morning, and how, how lousy it is, and how frustrating it was last night. It's just so good to have the game back and have another week to look forward to. Uh, where a couple of years ago we didn't know if there'd be a game or even a season. So um, I'm excited to head back to my first game at Notre Dame since 2018. So that's how long it's been, and they're just so grateful to go back and. Hopefully, uh, bring a win, uh, back for, uh, from Notre Dame. Me and George will try our best. And Rodolfo, uh, we really hope we win for your sake because it's going to be a rough ride. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, this is one of those games that I didn't want in the schedule. For years, I thought about it, but, well, maybe, well, from what I saw, Cal has a chance, right? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Just know, George, just know that any text during the game will be saved for broadcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I always, always enjoy this. It, it's uh, this, this is great. Good to see you guys again. Thanks for the conversation and uh, and uh, go Irish. Go Thanks, Irish, guys. Go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish.